Hello, thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast. I'm Michael Grant, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International right here in Columbus, Georgia. Today, I'd like to share a word straight from God that's just for you. I hope you're prepared. Grab your pen, paper, your tablet. Most importantly, grab your Bible, your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And let's prepare to take notes on what God has to share with you on today. I'm excited for you because you're about to grow to a greater place of faith in God. Let's tune into the word. I was talking, we were in a staff meeting before I came in here. And one of the closing statements that was made by one of our long tenured staff members put us in mind of a song that was uh, that was written by the Sherylees, uh, uh, if I'm saying their name right. I wasn't born in 1961, but the Sherylees wrote a song. Uh, mama said there'd be days like this. And uh, if you know who my mama is, you know exactly what I mean by that. The late, great Dr. Ann Hartman prophesied that we were going to face a time in the future where people would not be able to come to church that they would not have the liberty to be able to come in and worship the Lord God. We didn't know fully what she was seeing or what she was sensing as that great prophet that she was. But we see today all across our nation and especially in our major cities and now it's coming to our mid-major and even smaller cities and towns that people are not freely permitted. Uh, It's being recommended that they don't even gather to the amount of not even gathering of more than 10 people. Now, last time I checked, even looking at the, uh, the, the, the news broadcasts and the public announcements that are being held, there are more than 10 people. Uh, uh, there are more than 10 reporters there, you know? And so, so we find ourselves in trying times as relates to that. But we who are people of God, we're not caught off guard by that in any way. And the reality of the matter is, if we are the church that we call ourselves, then we don't have to be in brick and mortar buildings to know that we're called to purpose, to know that we have an assignment and to be who God has called us to be. So it's important that we understand that that this this is something that God was not alarmed by and he's not caught off guard by. And so we ourselves must be positioned, ready, able, mindful, strong in spirit enough to navigate through these times because this is where we are and this is what we're having to face. I want to hit it head on, like I said, and and address the the fact that when the government recommends, and in some instances in some states, it has even been ordered. Uh, Here in Georgia, our governor, Governor Kemp, has been granted the authority to make such orders. As a matter of fact, he's ordered that all schools go ahead and shut down uh, uh, until the month of April, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we we see that these orders are being made and we as the church uh, must be compliant in order for our community to go forward. You may say, well, is it always the job of the church to comply? Well, not always, to be honest. I'll be, I'll be truthful. It's not always our responsibility to comply with everything that's issued because if it's not godly, then we should not be in, in uh, agreeable, if I can say it that way. And uh, some may say, well, what about what the Bible says about obeying the laws of the land? Well, I would say if the laws of the land speak contrary to what the law of God is, then the law of God takes precedence. But concerning this issue, I don't believe that righteous revolt is called for. 
And I want to get that in the, in the, in the etches, in the, in the walls, in the corridors of your heart, that now is not the time for the righteous to revolt. This is not the time for us as believers to find a reason to do the opposite of what the government is requiring of us because the reality of the matter is the government is doing their very best to try and right a situation that's very vastly getting out of control as pertains to the novel coronavirus, also known as COVID-19. There were times in our history where the church had to rise up and say, no, we will not comply. No, we will not back down. We've grown up to be a people who know how to go against the grain. And yet again, as I said, God has not called us to do so in this instance. I believe this is a time where he's given us tools to use, such as what you are partaking of on tonight via our live stream. You're able to hear what God is saying right in the comfort of your own home and nothing is missing. Nothing is lacking concerning that connection. However, I will say that now is not the time for you to enter into your sin season. And I want to say this to you with tongue in cheek, because in times where it's raining on the just and the unjust, you don't want to make an excuse to take a break from your salvation. You don't want to step away from the righteous mandate that has been placed upon your life as a believer. Now is not the time for you to back up. If I could re reiterate the message that God spoke to us in 2019 that this is not the time to draw back now is the time to come back I believe over these next two weeks there's going to be some people who feel the absence of being able to sit next to somebody that believes like they believe I believe that they're going to see what they're missing and there's been this this over over a supply as pertains to church and now there's going to be a drawback of the supply and now that demand is not going to be met I'm here to tell you in the month of April if it if it don't tarry beyond that but in the month of April it's going to be some people that's running back to the doors it's going to be it's going to be, it's going to be some people who are spiritually thirsty who are spiritually craving hungering and thirsting after the corporate gathering why because the bible tells us that we should not forsake the assembling together of the saint this is a part of who we are and this is how we gain our strength sometimes god is a god and i'm not saying that this is the lord's doing but i believe that god is causing all things to work together for the good not just your good not just what you want not just your desire but for the good the overall good of them who love them. I believe what is happening is we've said that we can go to bedside Baptist and get what we need. I believe you're about to see firsthand whether you can or whether you cannot. You see, there's just something about the coming together. There's just something about the gathering together of the same. There's just something about being able when you're trying to get a prayer through, when you're trying to get your breakthrough, when you're laboring and need somebody to agree. The Bible does not change. The, the word of God remains the same in saying where two or three come together agreeing as touching anything that in that moment is when they have what they say I believe there's about to be a stirring not only in Columbus Georgia Phoenix City and the surrounding areas but I believe the United States at large is about to see we're already feeling what it feels like but you won't see the fullness of it until you sense that void that's there from not being able to come together and yet it's going to work out for the good. Somebody say the good. It's going to work out for the good. Uh, and so, and I want to encourage your faith and let you know that compliance does not mean cowardice. 
Again, compliance does not mean cowardice. Just because the body of Christ is willing to comply with what is being requested of us as a people, that in no wise means that we are afraid or we are fearful. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. He's also given us the spirit of wisdom. And in applying the spirit of wisdom as to how we approach this system or this scenario that we're facing, it would behoove us to assist our government, to assist our community in making sure that we are uh, uh, overcoming this challenge that we are presently facing. I believe that compliance also shows a sign of maturity. It shows that you understand how to navigate through seasons. Paul was a very uh, mature man when he said, I've learned how to be a base and I've learned how to abound. I know how to be in plenty. I know how to be in lack. I know how to navigate through trying times and I know how to make sure and and maximize seasons of abundance. And so now we're going to show the maturity that God has exuded through us or developed in us as we navigate through these times concerning complying, not being cowardice. I want to kind of give you some insight on this because what you might say is, well, we got faith, so we ought to just do anything that we believe to do and not even worry about what's being requested of us. Well, that is not necessarily a negative posture per se uh, if you're talking about yourself as an individual. But we are not individuals when it comes to the body of Christ. The Bible says that we are many members. We are many members, but we're one body. And so I want you to turn with me in the Bible, in the book of Romans. I want you to turn to the 14th chapter. And I just want to read to you today what I found in Scripture to be an encouragement to us in these times where it is being requested of us to despite what we believe and despite the confidence we have in God to still comply with something that may make us feel like we're not maximizing our faith to the full. The Bible says in in Romans chapter number 14, this is This is Paul, and I believe, I love the word of God. In the book of Romans, he's writing to a group of individuals who don't have a church yet. They don't have a gathering of believers. They're looking for Paul to come and give them structure to deposit and, and firmly establish them as the church of Rome. And they're waiting for him to get there. And by the time that he gets there, he's already sent the word. Kind of like I'm here and you're there. I'm sending the word of God to you. And yet there's, you're, you're not with me in person. I love the, the similarities that we're finding in this present time with this letter that Paul writes to the Roman group of individuals as they are being established as as the church of Rome. But we find that verse 14, he's talking about the liberties that are given to believers and yet the accountability that comes with liberty. The Bible says in verse number one, him that is weak in faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. What is Paul saying? Let's not go back and forth disputing about who has more faith because they're doing this as opposed to who's who doesn't have as much faith because they're not willing to do that. Isn't it unique that if you look on Facebook, social media, Instagram, you see conversations going back and forth between pastors, between leaders of the flock, between leaders, supposed leaders in the body of Christ, where they feel like, well, you should have shut your church down and you should have faith to keep your church open and you 
should believe God to go out in crowds and, and just don't even wash your hands or you should make sure that you flood your sanctuary with all type of disinfectant. Just going back and forth because they all have differences of opinions because the truth of the matter is they're all in different places of faith. I love how Paul addresses this issue here because he says it's not about who has more faith or who does not have the most faith. It's just about that we're all a part of the same body. So he says whoever is the lesser in faith uh, uh, we're not going to dispute back and forth about who's better or who's not verse 2 says for one believeth that he may eat all things he says and another who is lesser eateth only herbs nudge your vegan neighbor and tell them uh, my faith is not measured by my meat eating or my vegetarianism I'm just giving you something to chuckle about tonight uh, but 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 many have different postures verse 3 says let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not and let not him which eateth judge there's a big word there judge him that eateth why because God has received him. God has received them both. God ain't tripping off of whether you have fasted and gave up everything or whether you fasted and given up a small thing because the reality is whatever you give up as unto him he's receiving from us all. I love how Paul continues this conversation and he says let the word preach tonight. I will. That's what we'll do. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? Who are you to tell some God's servants what he should or should not do? To, this, to his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holding up for God is able to make him stand. Oh saints, I believe it was the William brothers that said it like this. Sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. Why are you judging my level of faith when you don't know how I've gotten to this point? You don't know what challenges I've been through. You don't know what trauma I've been through. The truth of the matter is if you would just pray for me, if you would just lift me up in prayer, if you would just lay before the Lord on my behalf, maybe I'll come to the place that you think is the place called arrival in prayer, in, in faith. But it comes only through us not judging one another. Verse 5, I love how Paul preaches here. He says, one man esteemeth one day above another, and another esteemeth every day the same. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. There's the issue. Do you, are you led by your neighbor's mind, or are you led by your own mind? Have you allowed your mind to be transformed by the word of God, and are you singular with what he is saying to you? The issue has become that now we as the church, we're not judging the earth we're judging one another and so we find ourselves overwhelmed with isms and schisms and all of us are failing we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the Lord but if we could just get our eyes off of one another and set our eyes upon the king I believe we'll be all right Verse 6, he said, he that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth unto the Lord. He that giveth uh, God thanks. He that eateth not uh, to the Lord, he eateth not giving God thanks. I want to get down to the point here in verse number 12. is consistently saying the same thing over and over and over again. Verse 12, so then every one of us should give an account of himself to God. Here's where it goes with this. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore and judge this rather that no man be a stumbling block or an occasion for his brother's fall. Verse 16 is with a very familiar passage of scripture where we read, let not your good 
be evil spoken of. Listen, there are going to be people throughout this time who have controversial opinions as to what you do or do not do in lieu of what is being requested of us concerning what's best for our communities. Here's where we hang our hats. We're not fighting one another. We're not battling against one another in this. Don't judge what your neighbor is doing now more than ever. Are we about to see where we are in our personal walks, in our personal relationships with God? So give a brother a break. Give a sister some leeway and give us space to make it through this test as God is leading us to do so on our own. And I reiterate this is a test. Now we are in the test. Now we're in the time where God is saying, I want to see what you believe. I want you to show me. I want you to put up or I want you to shut up. And I believe in the season of the spoken word. I love how Paul said, let not your good be evil spoken of. It's something about your actions that's going to be speaking over these next few weeks. Something that about your, about your belief that's going to talk real loud, but it's all between you and your father. And so, again, I reiterate, matter of fact, I want to take you there and then I want to do what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number six, verse number 12. I love what Paul, the same Paul talking to another group of people in the church of Ephesus. This is the Paul where Timothy, we believe, was the pastor or spiritual leader for a season. And we find Paul taking a special likening to this group and he sends word to them saying, listen, listen, listen. I know there's a lot of contention amongst you. We know this because he tells them that they must endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. He furthermore tells them that they ought to link up together and uh, make sure that they're not bickering and complaining against each other. He says God has given you gifts, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher to perfect y'all. So stop fighting against each other and get on the same team. But in verse number 12 of chapter 6, he says these words, For we wrestle not, against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Y'all, we're fighting an unseen adversary. And so our intent should not be to start looking at one another and evaluating how righteous or unrighteous one another are, but our assignment should now be to look to the hills from whence cometh our help. If you want to fight somebody, you better get on your knees and fight in prayer. As a matter of fact, I love, I love how Paul closes this thing out as he tells to take on the whole armor of God that you'll withstand the evil one in that day. Yeah, the evil day. Having all to stand, stand. And then he says down in verse number 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Yeah, in the spirit. And watching, therefore, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Modern day translation, stop talking about each other and get to praying for one another. It's not by chance for those of you who are connected with Faith Worship Center International that God has called us to a 40 day time of fasting and prayer. It's not by chance that God has pulled us to a place of denying ourselves, really focusing in to hear him. And it's not by chance that he's closing out through the end of this month and taking us on into Resurrection Sunday. I believe God is pulling us to a place of self-sacrifice, that we're going to see him clearly, that we're going to hear what his intention and his plans are for this day and age. And we're going to have what we are consistently saying. I just wanted to encourage you today. I wanted to give you some insight concerning where we are, what we're facing. The coronavirus, COVID-19 is nothing to God. 
it is nothing to God. Therefore, if you be of God, it is nothing to you. You need not be afraid. You need not be fearful. You need not be in panic mode. That's a problem that we're facing here. Pandemic is promoting panic. If I could encourage your faith and remind you of the same words of the same Paul who we've referenced time and time again today, where he sent word to Timothy, the pastor of this church of Ephesus. And he said that you have not been given by your God, the spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Be at ease in knowing that God has you, but make it through this test. Don't talk about one another. Pray for one another. Wow, what a message. What a word, man. I just love God's word. It's so empowering, so impactful. It causes us to be exactly what God wants us to be. I hope you enjoyed that message. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to catch us via our live stream, you can do so by going to our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net on Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or Tuesdays at 7.15 p.m both Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, I pray that you stay strong in your faith and in all that God is speaking in your life, you have exactly what you say.